0: Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to OSA.
1: Let's get fucking listening, baby. Welcome
2: to O south sits me it's your man it's your main man it's old wallace and i'm back you can see me again you can see me again hopefully uh got through a little technical difficulties with spotify last week so uh first of all thank you guys thank you so much thank you for checking it out on youtube and and seeing it on spotify video too so thank you guys so much i appreciate all the support huge huge thank you to kevin big kevy uh, first of all, he killed it with that. You killed it with that intro. It's so sick. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. That was sweet. Thanks for doing the editing. Kind of thanks for going and and saying just hey, keep sending it to me. So you're the man. Thank you so much. Uh, definitely could not have probably figured this all out without you. Uh, so I am I am in your debt for helping me get this rolling. As I mentioned on YouTube and on Spotify and video, so on YouTube, definitely go rate, review, comment, and subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe, and as always, share it with everybody. Uh, fun show coming. We got uh, we got MJ's back this week to kind of recap the draft, and and Bill Gardner, the big cat, is going to come through and kind of talk a little more Packer specific stuff with us. So we're gonna we got them coming up here in just a second. Uh, also talk some fights, some golf, some playoffs, hockey, and uh, basketball, and uh, maybe maybe watch a little more baseball recently and we got my passing thoughts as well so uh, fun show and without any further ado let's uh let's just get into it ladies and gentlemen back this week is the man the draft guru mj he's here and also joining us this week talk a little draft and a uh, little packers off season is bill gardner the big cat he's here as well uh gentlemen thanks for uh thanks for joining me how are you guys
0: what's up walls
1: not too bad, Wally. It's good to be back.
2: Yeah,
0: excited to have you both
2: here. Uh, a lot of topics to cover. Uh, pretty interesting draft. Uh, some interest in, in Packer world for for Bill and I. And uh, MJ, when we discussed this about maybe doing it separately, MJ said he'd like to come along and, and discuss the uh, the Rogers trade. Um, that that earned an eye roll in the group chat from Bill about that. But, uh, MJ's
0: big pack. We're, uh, we're all here
2: for it, so why don't we, uh, why don't we start right there? Um, Rogers officially traded to the jets. Uh, Packers got, uh, a draft, a first, first round swap this year, moved up two spots to 13 from 15, got the second round pick of the jets this year and had to, uh, get a second. Then the big other pick was the second next year. That is a conditional first. Um, Bill, if you're if you're still there, I don't know. We might have lost you some technical difficulties, but if you're still there, any thoughts? I'm here. I'm here. Okay, just uh, just down the video, but yeah, what'd you think? What'd you think of the trade now that it finally went down?
0: I think in the end, Green Bay ended up doing okay because I know there was a big there was a big time where it seemed like the Jets had all the leverage. Because Rodgers comes out and says, you know, I'm going to play for the Jets. We're going to get this done. And it's like, okay, well, Green Bay, they've already decided to move on. So it's like, what are you going to be able to get back now? Because you've already made the plans to move on. So I think what they ended up getting is actually pretty decent. You know, it's nothing compared to, like, the recent deals you've seen with, like, Stafford and Russell Wilson. Like, nothing like that. But for the situation they were in, I think they – Ended up coming out okay.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree. Like, I forget who I heard say this. Rodgers was not going to play football for the Packers next year. No. The Packers didn't want him to, and he didn't want to. So those things considered, I think it was a good deal. MJ, where do you fall on it?
1: I think you guys are right. I think um, it was just one of those stories that happens every once in a while with these older quarterbacks where teams are just saying – you know, we either need to work something out where it's going to be some compensation for us um, or you got to take a team friendly deal or something. And then, you know, it talks start to break down and, and teams just decide, you know, even though you probably have two or three really great years in you, we're going to move on and, and, and build for the future a little bit. And I think that's kind of what the Packers decided to do. And then Rogers is that type of guy where he starts hearing that stuff. He's just going to be like, all right, well, I'm done now, too. Um, but I think they I think they did a good job. I worry a lot about Jordan Love for you guys. Um, but it's a it's a good year to be bad because there's some some talent coming in next year for rookies, so could be in mm-hmm. a good spot. Yeah, just
2: just to your point, I screenshotted this from Andrew Brandt on Twitter <clears throat> about quarterbacks that were like decade long, like face of their franchise kind of guys that didn't end up at that team to retire. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Favre. Rodgers Now Joe Montana, Philip rivers, Donovan McNabb, uh, Wilson. That must mean Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. And he goes in many more. So like it, it rarely ends that the guy retires with the team, you know, happy ending. They walk off, you know, the, the John Elway scenario doesn't happen very often. So I think best of a bad situation there for the Packers. And like you mentioned love, like, that, that was like the 800 pound gorilla in the room was that love has two years, one year left. And then they have the option after this year. So like it, it, they had to do something like they had to either move him or, or start him. So yeah, kind of, kind of was what it was. And I think the backers turned
0: out all right. That's the hard um, part with Rogers too. He's constantly talking about if he's even going to play anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been the same thing with far. It's been the last few years. He's, you know, am I gonna play? Am I not? You know, I'll make my decision when the time is right. And it's like you never know what he's gonna do. And I think just you just get to a point where you gotta you gotta do something. You can't just constantly sit around and wait for him to make up his mind. Um but I think and I've seen a lot of people who are like, because of that stuff, there's a lot of Packers fans who are like, Good, I'm like good, I'm glad it's Jordan Love time and ready to move on from Rodgers drama and all this stuff. Dude, they're in for a rude awakening. Yeah, I don't. I think he, he's been so good for so long that people forget how great of a quarterback he is. Like what is just expected of him is way better than average. And Love is, I mean, at this point, probably average. I mean, we've only seen him. What's he played like one and a half games? He played that he game against like that. the Chiefs. And then he's been in a couple of times when Rogers gotten hurt, but there's just there's not a lot of sample size there, and people are all like all in on him.
2: And I just yeah, go. he threw one fucking crossing route that Christian Watson took to the house, and all of a sudden he's the fucking he's the next coming
0: of like Packers greatness. And when they show his clips, it's that pass. That's all. Yeah. It's just up that on the loop. It's like this is our guy. And he didn't even do anything.
2: Watson's the one that took it to the house. Yeah, he threw. It was like the uh, the Tim Tebow um, pass in that playoff game. That uh, was it. Demarius Thomas, yeah, yeah, took it like sixty yards to the house. It was like a, it was like the exact same play, but in the opposite direction. Like a fifteen yard crosser, and you just kind of hit the guy in the in the, in the stride. Um, yeah, with Rodgers, you, you brought up a good point. Like this past year, he wasn't good by his standards. But, like, he was an average NFL QB. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe a little better. And people wanted to burn him at the stake. And, like, the only other year that he's had a down year was that, like, 2019 year. He was, like, just a little off. Like, he was still, like, an upper echelon quarterback. Like, you make a good point about what's expected of Rodgers. And, like, when he disappoints, it's still, like, okay. Yeah, a if down year Jordan- for him is a decent
0: year for other quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. If Jordan Love has a down year, there is gonna be trouble in Green Bay. <laughs> um yeah, so let's move on to, to to Green Bay's draft, kind of see what uh, you know how they move forward. Um, MJ, what uh I know you you kind of made a list of who you thought were the biggest winners and losers in the draft. Where'd yeah. you where'd you find the Packers on that list?
1: I, I think they're in the top third. I think I would say in the league of, of doing a good job. They had, we talked kind of off camera here uh, before we started, just how many picks they had. They ended up with 13 picks. Um, you know, they got pick 13 from the Jets with the trade and everything. Um, but I really like uh, their picks. I thought maybe Vanessa at 13, the, the edge rusher out of Iowa was a little rich for them. Um, and a lot of scouts and things that I read were either really high on him or maybe a second or third round grade on him. So it, it was kind of a, a mixed bag of feelings for this kid, but he's young. He's super strong. Um, he's got room to get better. Um, I really like Luke Musgraves, the tight end out of Oregon state. I think that's a good pickup for him. Um, has a lot of good route running. Um, of course he does have a little injury history. Uh, the Jaden Reed kid from uh, Michigan state, small, uh, fast player. Um, And I think one of the things, too, this is kind of a little off topic that we talked about last week and Bill and I have talked about in private before, too, is this draft has a lot of small players. Um, And I think people or fans, at least of their teams, um, I think have been kind of hard on some of their teams picking guys. Oh, this guy's so small and um, dainty and he's, you know, he's so, so thin, like there's 168 pound corners going um, but I think that's just kind of some, somehow like the NFL is starting to get where it's you just as long as you can play football, it doesn't really matter. Like, it, so I think guys have been hard on that Jaden Reed for being smaller. Um, but I think that's just I think NFL quarterbacks and offensive coordinators can really do a lot with these guys. Um, so I think it's. I think they had a really good draft. Um, and I was going to ask you guys what you felt about the two tight ends with uh, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgraves.
0: Why don't you lead that one off, Bill? I think I told both of you guys like before the draft, I was like in the first two rounds, two or three, I said in the first two days, I think, I said they're absolutely going to get a tight end and a wide receiver now that Rodgers is gone. Like yeah. it's, it's just, it's comical. Like it's a, it's a joke that they went all those years, um, never really getting him. I mean, yeah, they've gotten good receivers in the second round. Like they have a good track record with that, but the tight end position for green Bay has been bad for a long time. I mean, it's been okay here and there when they've been able to plug a couple guys in like the year, I think Jared cook was there. It was a one year thing, but that was a good year for them. And Recently, uh, Robert Tunyon he had one good year, and then yeah, and then people realized he was exposed. on the field in the red yeah. zone. <laughs> like, so it's it's good that they finally addressed like the position. It's surprising that two tight ends that early. I'm glad though that they waited until the second and third. I wouldn't have been happy with a tight end because a lot of people had them taken a tight end at thirteen or fifteen before the trade. Um, and I think that's just so early for a tight end. Um, I don't think any of them got taken until Kincaid got taken at the, almost the end, right? Yeah. 25 to the bills. And then I know a lot of people said the mayor kid was a possible first round. He didn't go to the second. So I think they got good, got good value with those tight ends. Um, and, and then, both to cut you off here just for a second, I think both of those tight ends
2: had some some injury stuff that yeah, yeah. kind of limited their production in their last year. I think the Musgrave kid
0: only played like two games last year. Yeah, heard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and, he had uh, left knee, um, and then Craft is the uh, he had a knee a left knee stuff too, but he had right ankle, ankle surgery. Yeah. Go. Right ankle surgery. Um, and, and miss some time too. So, but they're two different players too. So you guys are getting, you know, one guy in craft, that's probably more of like your, your blocker can go out and get some passes and stuff, but you're also getting Musgrave, which is probably more of your, like more of a Kincaid type where he's going to go stretch the field a little bit more good route runner. Um, so you kind of can play both those guys at the same time. Um, and kind of give that defense a look like they could be passing, could be running. So I, th- I think it's a good mix for them as long as they can stay healthy and, and they can develop. And I, I think it's a really good way to start to build this team back up a little bit. Cause if you find a, a quarterback or if love starts to really turn around, I think he's going to have some, a good team around him.
2: I will say one thing I liked with what they did and you, you kind of mentioned it there. The the tight ends are very different type of players and if you look at the wide receivers they drafted, you've got, you know, the Jaden Reed, the smaller guy, you know, a little more speed, maybe some slot guy. And then you get like Dontavian Wicks and Grant DeBose. I know nothing about them, but they're just different builds of players. They're a little bigger, a little taller. Um, so at least some variety.
0: It wasn't like the same thing over and over and over. The Reed kid isn't a typical Green Bay pick. Most mm-hmm. of the receivers are big and lean. Um, I mean, in the past years, you think of, like, Valdez-Scantling, St. Brown, um, even Watson now. They're all, like, really tall, lean guys. And Reed's just – he's very small. So it's not, like, a typical Green Bay pick. But I know, like, the tight ends are, like – the, they make sense because Green Bay is huge on that, like, relative athletic score, how they grade these guys. Um and both of those guys scored like over. It's on a scale of ten, and they were nine something. So same with the Vanessa kid. They it's just based off size, speed, strength, and they put this thing together. And all those guys were like, "What Green Bay likes: huge athletes, basically."
2: Mm-hmm. And Vanessa's got some flexibility to them, I, from what I've read and and seen, like yeah. they can line them up on the line on the edge. Or moving back to, like, backer a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I think that's a nice touch. Um, I, I I wouldn't have been upset had they gone offense there, but I just don't think that was ever going to happen. I think that was kind of like we're going to keep, keep to the Dude, plan and they, draft defense. They can't help
0: themselves. <laughs> they always want to get this big athlete de- on defense in the first round. That's always what it is.
2: Yeah, it's what. Thirteen of the last fourteen years have have been defense, and the one in the one that wasn't was Jordan Love. So yeah, oh man,
1: (laughs) man, oh man. Hey, in fairness to that point, though, guys, it's a lot harder to find a defensive end or a defensive tackle or a good corner than it is maybe a good wide receiver and stuff. So that could be their philosophy of like, wide receiver classes are so deep and. You know, all the stuff where you don't always get the depth in the drafts in those other positions. So that could be most of their thinking.
0: Yeah, and they've, they've all right, had come success out. getting uh, offensive guys later. <clears throat> and for the most part, I think they're – Sean Clifford, quarterback in the future?
2: <laughs> come on. You're just baiting me into it. You're just fucking baiting me into it, aren't you? I don't know what the fuck that pick was. I was shows I, I wasn't watching on Saturday, and I get a, the notification on my phone: the Packers have collect, have drafted Sean Clifford in the fifth round. I was like, "What the fuck?" And I started doing like research because I was like, "I didn't think Clifford was like being touted to go that high." Like, I follow Penn State football, like I hadn't read anything about it, so I get looking, uh, and some of the things Clifford was either not part of like the top four hundred prospects. Definitely never made a top 300 prospect thing. Uh Most, the one place I could see that ranked him, ranked him like 416. And he went 149th in the draft. So uh that one boggles my mind. I I, I don't know. It's not like he was even like a guy you watched in college and were like, man, this guy, he, he pops off the fucking TV screen. Even in college football, like he yeah. was at Penn State
0: for six years. He's older than George like, was. Like, is he? He's twenty-four. Dude, he's I holy shit. I saw a thing that said he's like three or four months older than Jordan Love. And Jordan Love's been in the league for three years. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember when Jordan Love came in the league, he was really young. Yeah. Jordan Love, November of ninety eight. God damn, November of
0: ninety no eight. Bringing in Lord. the old veteran. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing him in. I uh I was listening to this one of the Packers dudes uh, i think his name's Andy herman he was talking about how Green Bay wanted to grab a backup quarterback at some time during this draft and I think what happened was they had a they had a list of guys that they were interested in and something had all of a sudden i think there might have been like a maybe a, a run on a some run. quarterbacks um, like late round guys but basically what he said is that they're they're bored got so thinned out that the only quarterback that they still kind of had looked at and were interested in was Clifford. And he was the last guy left on their list. So they kind of had to jump and take him or else I don't think they were going to take anyone.
2: Yeah. And the fifth, a couple of quarterbacks had went earlier in the fifth. Let me see peek at the end of the fourth here. Quarterback had gone right at the end of the fourth, <clears throat> uh, a couple more, a little farther up in the fourth. So yeah, I'm sure been- those were
0: probably the, those were the guys they were interested in and they just went and got stuck with Clifford.
2: Yeah. I mean, so in, in the previous 20 picks, five quarterbacks went, so yeah, there there's the run that, that led him to Sean Clifford. And yes, you are right. Sean Clifford was born in July of 98. Um, Jordan love November of 98. So yeah, Sean Clifford is uh, about three and a half months. Jordan love senior. Yeah. <laughs> that's like um, all these like
0: COVID kids. That's like Stetson yeah. Bennett's almost yeah. 30. <laughs> <laughs> Did Stetson Bennett get drafted? Yeah, by the Rams, I think. Okay. Yeah.
2: Oh God. Well, I, I think we've exhausted the Packers discussion. Yeah. It'll be bad. This um, year. I, I don't think there's much.
0: Mo- They'll be bad this that? year.
2: Yeah, I, I would hundred percent agree. <clears throat> it'll be it'll be interesting how bad they are. Like, it, are they bad enough that they? Don't bring love back. Like, they got to be pretty bad for that to happen, I would have to imagine. Like, love will have to be awful.
0: I think they have to do his fifth year option next month. Oh, is it really? I think so, and I assume they're going to do it. So, I mean, I think we're getting at least two years of Jordan Love, no matter how it goes. Yeah. I always figured that. that Go ahead. You ahead. You sure?
1: Yeah, I'm looking for uh, this here, So go for oh, yeah, it. sorry. I was I was just gonna say I think picking up his fifth year doesn't really do. It's not gonna hurt the Packers. It, you know, it's not like he's making top tier money or anything yet. If you if you're really bad or average and you don't really like what you see this year, maybe you try to go get a rookie next year or bring in a veteran or something. But if you get a rookie next year, start Jordan Love in his fifth year. After four to six games of being bad again, throw that rookie in. Um, and you know, that it could be something like that too. So I don't, I think keeping him isn't like, oh, he's got to play these next 34 games. It just has, you know, he, he's probably going to be on the team at least um, but man, I, I just don't see it. And I, I feel for you guys, but I, I don't see him really turning into any savior for you guys. And I apologize for saying that, but I think that's the the truth of it. <laughs>
0: good <laughs> Guti- uh, is going to do everything he can to make himself look right in taking love when he did. So that's why you yeah. see all the tight ends and the receiver, and they're going to do everything they can to make it look like they made the right decision by drafting him. So I think they're going to try their best to make it work, but, I mean, if he's bad, he's bad. There's no way to cover it up. Yep. Uh, they
2: have until Tuesday. To pick up his option, that is May second, Tuesday, May second. Oh, so do by the time that. this episode is out, we'll probably he'll probably have been picked up. Yeah. Um, And yeah, he it's a twenty million dollar uh salary for the twenty twenty four year. So I would have to imagine. I know maybe they're ready
0: to ride with Clifford. They like what they saw.
2: <laughs> the big red dog. Dude, he <laughs> held
0: off Will Levis. Will Levis had to transfer because. of
2: him. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so like. Him holding off Will Levis at Penn State seems like it was eight years ago.
1: Yeah, it probably was. Yeah, man, man.
2: I think it was legitimately in like the 2020 season. Like, it, I think it was the COVID year. Levis was still around. So, nuts. All right. Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to the rest of the draft here. We won't uh, you know drown our sorrows in the Packers the whole time. So, um, I think the big news kind of right away was. That the Texans got aggressive and they got aggressive quickly. Uh, they go CJ Stroud too, and then immediately trade back up. I mean, draft started with a bang. What, what, uh, hey, what'd you, what'd you think when you saw that? And, uh, one of the uh, prisoner of the moment here, but one of the more entertaining first rounds, maybe since, like, uh, uh why am I losing them? The gas mask guy. Um, oh, it's not <laughs> tunsil since the Tunsil yeah. year like it was yeah. one of the more entertaining first rounds so
1: yeah in mean, and like we had like big jumps but we also had a, a lot of those weird trades where it was like you know the Eagles at 10 trade and just swap picks to nine like yeah. it was almost like and that happened a few times where teams would just move up one spot they just kind of flip flop picks which I felt like was kind of new like I've you just don't see that as much as it happened this year. But there were some big moves, too. Um, you mentioned the Texans. I have them as my third most favorite uh, draft class this year. I like Stroud. I thought Will Anderson going to them. I mean, you get two of the top five prospects, probably um, But then they get Scruggs in the second round from Penn State. I think it was a decent pick. I love Tank Dell. That was a name we didn't really get the chance to talk about uh, last week. Um, Nathaniel Dell, they call him Tank uh, from, he's a wide receiver from Houston, another smaller receiver, but I think it's a, I think it was a good pick, a very Brandon Cooks fill-in um, for them, I think, and I, I like what Houston did, and uh, I'm excited to see what Stroud can do and, um, I, I thought it was a really exciting first round, lots of, uh, lots of surprises um, for me at least, but it, lots of movement. It's always exciting when there's lots of trades. Yeah, and
2: you mentioned surprises. I think two of the big surprises we saw in the first round, I mean, I don't think Anthony Richardson was a huge surprise at number four once Stroud went, but to see three QBs right in the top four was a little bit of a surprise. It was like, oh, this is happening. Like, And yeah. then to not see another one for a while was kind of equally as surprising to me. I figured with those three all going that you would get Levis in the first round. But, you know, we had to we we got to watch him in the green room all night. That was always a little awkward. Um, And I was surprised not so much by B. John Robinson. I think there was enough out there that I kind of knew that was coming. But I was really surprised by the Lions taking Jameer Gibbs.
1: Friggin love it. I love it so much. Like so Yeah, you said that uh, we're going to be me.
2: eating that one in the NFC North for a couple years.
1: Yeah, Bill texted me that night and was like, Detroit's drunk. And I was like, <laughs> they might be, but they're getting some good players, man. Like, I, I love Gibbs. Like, a lot of people think he's like Alvin Kamara. Um, I Like, he just – you watch some stuff and watch, like, those Alabama games – He's running, he's making SEC corners and safeties and linebackers look silly. I love that pick. Um, they get Hendon Hooker, who a lot of people think could be, you know, a future star in the league in the third round. Um, but he's not going to play this year probably too much co- coming off an injury. But that I love almost every pick. They may have been early, earlier than what I thought, and that's what the surprising part of it was. But – I like a lot of the players that they got. I, they were one of my favorites.
2: Yeah, Bill, yeah. what did you think of the Lions doing that, seeing how
0: we'll see him in the NFC North here for a couple of years? <clears throat> dude, the whole first round, it was like people were playing Madden. Yeah. <laughs> the the 2-3 the with the Texans and then a bunch of running backs early, like it was like a video game draft. But, dude, I, even though, like, the picks for the Lions were not, like, typical picks like a high running back and then a middle line. Like I think I said this to MJ too. I was like, they seem like they're getting guys that seem like lions though. Like it yeah. just seems like, like they really are like with Campbell, they're building uh the coach, Dan Campbell. They're building that, just that lions mentality, which I think is, it was like kind of a joke when he first got up there when he was with the goofy press conferences and stuff. But now it's like, people are really buying into it. And dude, I, I have, like, I think they're going to be okay. Like, I think they're going to start to really pick up some momentum here, which is bad for Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay has a chance to be the worst team in the NFC North this year. Yeah,
2: very possibly. Um, And one of the guys we haven't mentioned yet for uh, the Lions, uh, Jack Campbell, we were talking about this guy uh, before before we hit record. 6'5, 250, he runs a 46540. What
0: a goddamn animal he is. Yeah. Just a physical specimen. Dude, he'll play middle. I mean, barring any injuries, he'll probably play middle linebacker for them for the next 10 years. Yeah. Just yeah, and that's stuff another in pick. the middle.
1: That's another pick, too, guys. Like it was like guys, like there were people that were saying, like, yeah, end of the first, probably a second round guy. But Like, they were just like, this is our guy. Like, and we're not, so he's probably not going to be available to us at, you know, pick whatever. So we're just going to get him now Like, and that's just what these teams do sometimes. And they just say, this is the guy that we fell in love with. So this, this is, we're picking him at this spot, even though it might even be around early.
2: Yeah, you kind of see that, like, philosophy. There's kind of, like, best available at the time. You know, best fit or this is just the guy like if this guy's available when we pick, we don't care that maybe it's, hey, five picks too early. Like we just love him and we're going with it. Um, And I feel like there was a lot of that in this draft. Like people were like, this is our guy. We like him. We don't really care that, you know, hey, he's valued 10 picks later or something like that. We just think we like him. We think he's a great fit for the team. And they went for it. Um, And it's hard to argue that. And, you know, you never know about the draft. Like, we could sit here and, like, say, hey, this guy's going to be awesome. And two years later, he could be out of the fucking league. Like, that
0: is a very real possibility for all of this. So, You never know with any of these guys. So, I mean, with the Lions, like you said, they took who they liked. I mean, if you're going to miss, might as well be on a guy that you, you know, you you like. Instead of, like, almost, like, getting, like, forced into a pick. Like, uh, uh, this is too early to take this guy. Let's take this one, and then maybe that guy doesn't pan out. And then, like, you didn't like the pick anyways, and it didn't work out. You know, just go with – I think you should just go with what you think is going to be best for your team because so many times it doesn't work out anyways. You know, I'd like to see how many of, like, these first-round guys end up having, like, you know, a full – like, considered a successful
2: career. It'd be interesting to know, like, how many guys, like, go five years, like, just make it to, like, a second contract
1: it's not much. I think the average career is three, three seasons. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not, it's not a lot. And like you guys were saying, we won't like, I I know a lot of people do a lot of like with grades and stuff. And we mentioned this a little bit, I think last week, Wally was, you don't really know until three or four years out, like how these draft classes really are. So like, I think we mentioned the Bobby Wagner and the Russell Wilson, like, that was, people were saying that was a terrible draft class for the Seahawks. And they got like three future Hall of Famers out of it. So, like, you just yeah. never know. Yeah.
2: Um, average by round. Round one averages 62 regular season games, which is 3.7 seasons.
0: Yep.
2: Um, round two is 3.3 3 seasons, three, 2.8, four, 2.6, five, 2.4, six, 1.9, seven, 1.7. So, in your the average is just all just all over the first round picks
0: they come with the fifth year option, right?
2: Yep. Is it all? I couldn't remember if it was all if there was a cutoff in the first so, round where there was a fifth year option.
1: A lot of teams, while a lot of teams like what the Packers did, going up and getting Jordan Love a couple years ago, the reason so many teams try to come up from the second round to the late first round is so they can get that fifth year option. So that's okay. why a lot of times you see quarterbacks early and then some late just because teams are like, well, we like this guy, but we don't want to draft him in the second round cuz if we do it the first round, we can get that fifth year option on a rookie deal.
0: So that's why that's why they do it. Pretty sure that's what the Ravens did with Lamar. They came yeah. back up at like yeah. 32, I think. Yeah, he, he was the last pick on the first round.
2: He just got uh he just got paid yeah mm. guess he did they finally figured that out I was gonna say if that felt like a big a big miss if the Ravens let him walk and had to start over at quarterback that's just that felt like something that both sides just had to get done and that if they didn't they would have looked like idiots
1: between them I think so too i'm a big I'm a big Lamar fan <clears throat> like as a quarterback I think he's a really like talented guy and I don't know why he gets so much hate as much as he does but Um, I I was happy for the Ravens and I'm not a Ravens fan by any means, but I I, I'd like them. um, But I was happy for, for them to get that done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Back to the draft after I took us on a little sidebar there. Um, Elsewhere in the first round, anybody you thought was a real big steal, maybe somebody who was too big of a reach MJ. What, What are your kind of thoughts on kind of that, that track?
1: Um, I don't know. I'd say, I think it went pretty good. I was going to mention too, I got the first four picks right in my mock draft. I I got the first four players. I thought I was going to look like a genius coming in on this and then it all fell apart at pick five. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I I really like the Darnell Wright pick, um, the offensive tackle. He went a little farther up than I thought. And to be honest, man, I think a big surprise was that we mentioned it off off camera. Um, Nolan Smith dropping to 30 and getting to the Eagles after they get Jalen Carter, um, I think was a big surprise. And to me, it was the reason I put the Eagles as the, my number one team of the draft. I, I just think with the team that they have, now they're trading for DeAndre Swift from the Lions. And um, I, I just, there's no real position on the Eagles that are are struggling right now maybe some secondary spots but I thought that was my biggest surprise was how well the Eagles did and I knew they could but they delivered man and they I, I just think they did a really nice job and it makes me like physically ill physically <laughs> ill. Um, but I think I think that was my biggest surprise in the first round um, what about you Bill did you did you see or hear anything that,
0: that you thought was the, the Jalen Carter thing, him falling to nine when yeah. I think it was pretty like consensus that he has the most talent out of anyone in the first round. Um, and it's a, a, and a D tackle too, you know, it's hard to find D tackles that are really, really good. Um, so for him to drop all and of course he drops to the Eagles, you know, like things just have really just been working out for them lately. Um, that's just—it's crazy to me that they that other teams let him fall that far, um, yeah. and like even who did the Bears end up taking tackle? Yeah, they
2: traded back. Yeah. The was ninth pick Skaransky? was the Bears, right? That was one of those one spot flips.
1: No, it wasn't Skuransky. Um, I don't have it
0: in front of me, right off
2: the top of my head. went to the Titans. The yeah. The Bears took Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Yes, that, yes, uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Like, it's crazy to me that the bit. so, like, the Bears didn't need a quarterback. So, they sat there, and it's like, it's almost like, why didn't they take Carter? Like, why not have possibly the best player in the draft, um, because they didn't get much out of it. They dropped <laughs> back one spot and picked up, like, what, like a fourth or fifth round pick? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember the specifics. Like it wasn't it was much at like all, that. so, like, it's surprising. But I guess they're – unless they just had the mentality, like, we got to protect fields, so we're getting a tackle no matter what. Um, but it's just – it's crazy to me that so many teams passed on it. And it's crazy, too, that, like, someone didn't maybe try to jump up. Someone sitting in the early teens wasn't, like – he's still there. Maybe we go grab him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
2: in a couple of the teams that like let him pass, like MJ and I, we mentioned like Seattle felt like the perfect fit for this guy. Yeah. Uh, So that was a little surprising. The Cardinals were there, but I don't know what the Cardinals were doing. They went and got Paris Johnson, highly rated tackle. um, And again, it seems like they are, it seems like the Cardinals were, Making moves to position themselves to have a bunch of capital to go make a play next year to get up to number one um, for what Drake May or Caleb Williams like that's yeah. what everything about what they did in this draft screamed. We are stockpiling picks and we're going to be ready next year to go get their Q to quarterback of the future. Yeah, um, I think but they, you, then. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then uh, the Raiders. And then the the Falcons passed on him too. I could see both of those places could have could have snagged him. They seem like they weren't in the quarterback market. And then they did other things. So yeah, it was just it was it was funny to see, like we said, the best the best rated guy with the most upside. It seems like
0: kind of fall as you know far as he did. He Seattle really seemed like where he was going to go. He seems mm. like he would have been a Seattle Seahawk like. He just yeah. looks like he would fit that, but
2: either uh, you guys have any
1: any thoughts had, on the Cardinals? No, I think you're right. I think you're 100 percent right. I think that's they're giving Murray maybe one more year, and then I think it might be go time. You know, and a lot of times you see this when there's new coaching and new, you know bosses in the house like you like you'll start to see guys like yeah we like him but we want our guy if we're going to go down with this ship we're going to get our guy that that we want so i i could see them uh i could see them doing that i totally agree with you
2: You were on to something else, MJ, and I kind of cut you off.
1: Yeah, there, there was just two picks that I thought were, from, from like my likes, I thought were a little rich. Was uh, It was Emmanuel Forbes. Remind me, uh, he went in the teens, cornerback. Um, And my other one, while you're he looking that He went 16 up. to Washington. Yeah. And uh, the New York Jets. Yep. Yeah, and the Jets at 15 getting Will McDonald. I liked Will McDonald, but – I thought the Cowboys could look at him at 26, and I thought that would have been a little bit of a reach. And him going at 15 was, was kind of a, just a surprise to me, I guess. I, I wasn't ready to hear his name that early. So those were two, I think, if you were looking for maybe two names that guys either loved or didn't really even have on boards, I think those would be two in the first round that surprised me the most. I speaking of the Jets, I didn't think there
2: was a shot in hell that they weren't taking Jackson Smith and Jigba right behind the Packers. I thought that was 100 percent booked in. As soon as the Packers didn't take him at 13, I was like, oh, the fucking Jets are going to take him. And they're going to give Rogers the first round wide receiver just as like one final fuck you to Green Bay for Rogers. And when that didn't happen, I was like, "Huh." Oh, Okay, I I guess I was wrong on that one, but I thought that one was coming 100%. I
0: really thought the Jets were going to get a tackle Um, because everyone said, you know, you got Rodgers, you got to protect him. But, yeah, yeah, the Will McDonald was a little surprising because I guess that's –
2: Yeah, it it didn't – when I saw that, I was like, hmm, I'm not super familiar with Will McDonald, but this doesn't seem like where they were going. Like I said, I thought it was going to be wide receiver, and if not, I thought – Pass, pass blocker was yeah, I thought yeah. the next logical step and they kind of didn't do either so uh, MJ any other thought who who'd you like you we've mentioned a couple of the, the teams you you've liked kind of lay us out some of your favorites
1: um, so my my top 10 uh, favorites were the Eagles that won Lions Texans we talked about too um, I really like Seattle's draft I thought they did a really nice job. Um, the Buffalo Bills, I think got a lot better, uh, Steelers, Giants. And then I have, uh, Packers, Cowboys, and Broncos. Even though the Broncos didn't have a lot of picks, um, I liked the ones that they did. And those were kind of my, my 10 teams that I really liked. I didn't think there were many, uh, I don't know. They call them losers, but like I said, I don't really know if I like to do that just because we just don't know. Um, but those are my teams that I thought really did a good job. Eagles, Lions, and Texans, I thought were far and away the, the top three, um, but those kind of rounded out the, the bottom there too.
2: you want to talk about your Cowboys? How, how do you feel? How do you feel coming out of it? Okay,
1: so I'll, I'll – yeah, I do want to talk about them. Um, <laughs> listen, so the Cowboys have drafted very, very well. I I, as a Cowboys fan, have been very, very lucky that the Cowboys can draft as well as they do. They there has been some times where I'm things do not make sense to me at all. And then a year or two later, I I just have to stop because it, it was a good pick. It turned out fine. The only one I will say that I was kind of right about was Leighton Esch. I didn't like that pick. And he's kind of been meh. So um Mozzie Smith. So apparently I heard that the Cowboys had Mazzie Smith, the defense tackles uh, from Michigan uh, at 13 or 14 as their 13th or 14th best player on their board. And they got him at 26. So if that's true, and he turns out to be this big run stopping defensive tackle, that is a home run. So I like that pick. If, if he turns out and he gets even some somewhat of a pass rush to him, I think it's a fantastic pick. So I like that one. Um, I like Overshown, the linebacker from Texas. I think he's a Dan Quinn guy. I think he's long, athletic, he played safety. Um, Hang on, you skipped somebody. You skipped the draft back there. All right, I'm I'm trying to help the show, Ollie, okay? Um, And uh, he played safety, moved down to linebacker, then he got a new defensive coordinator. They moved him more like edge rusher. I think that's like the Dan Quinn guy, like, can kind of cover, can kind of do things. I'm only worried that he's just going to be a special teamer. Um, I really like the edge from San Jose State, uh, Fihoko or whatever his name was. Um, I think he has a a possibility, big, strong kid. Um, But I I did skip one. Tell everybody who that is. That would be Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end from Michigan. Schoonmaker. this is where I have a problem, and I hope fans of the show that are also <laughs> Cowboys fans can understand, like, you just drafted Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin last year because you probably knew Dalton Schultz was going to be gone because they franchised him and stuff. So, like, all right, he's out the door now. And then you get Hendershaw as kind of where you're receiving tight end. And those guys came along last year. Schultz was injured a few times. They played halfway decent. And you, you skip out on some of these really high-end tight ends for the 7th, 8th, ninth best tight end in the class, and he's a carbon copy of Jake Ferguson, and he's probably maybe slightly better or could be better than Jake Ferguson, but what do you do with him? So you're either going to cut Jake Ferguson and put this guy in and give up on Ferguson after a year, or you're going to just have just... Three bodies in there with for what? Like, what do we like? What is why is that a second round pick? I just don't understand. There was so much more that you could have done there. It just didn't make sense to me. Maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer, but I don't see it. So that one's the only one that bothered me.
2: I will say the last time the Cowboys made a pick that bothered you this much, do you remember who it was, Bill? Was it Van Der Esch? No. no, maybe it might have been Van Der Esch Might have bothered him as much, but Micah Parsons. Yeah, MJ was furious the night they took Micah Parsons,
1: but only because it was at twelve. <laughs> like you just now, and if you remember, all right, listeners of the show, I said I didn't like it because he needs to be a Hall of Fame caliber linebacker if you're going to pick him there, and so far that looks like it maybe could be the case, maybe. So, I'm okay with yeah, one it. Long way you know. to go, though. At the time, I'm like, he better be just generational if you're going to take him that high. Like, how many linebackers went in the top 10 to 12 this year? Like, none. You just don't see it. So, that was my problem there. But yes, Lucas Van
2: it. S. Lucas Van S at 13 to answer your question.
1: Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> well, he better be pretty damn oh, yeah. good, too. So, yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah. I hope. I hope, man. I'm hopeful. Philly's going to kick our ass, and I hate saying it, though. I hate it.
0: Make yeah, me yeah, feel better, NFC. Ball. Is there anyone in the NFC that can even compete with Philly now? Dream team, like Vince I, Young said. Is there? Like, you tell me.
1: I don't know who competes with them. The Detroit? Detroit.
2: The Cowboys? I don't think I don't think Detroit's they ready. They don't
0: for Detroit. Yeah, like I mean, I mean the Niners are stacked, but who's their quarterback?
2: Yeah, yeah, they got to get that figured out. Yeah,
1: San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like the Cowboys, and I think they get their asses whooped when they play them.
2: I think the Cowboys might be the next best team in the NFC. That makes me sick. The NFC South sucks. Yeah. <laughs> The Lions are probably, could probably be the best team in the North. I know the Vikings had a good year last year, but I don't know. I just don't – I don't trust Not them in the playoffs. That
0: was a, I think that was a sham. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, they won what, like nine games by a score or less, or was it more than nine games? I
0: don't remember.
2: It was something absurd that they won by a, a score lot. or less.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a lot. And, and that's why I think they were the pick to, like, get bounced early in the playoffs because you just can't
0: do that I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was at the end of the season or at some point during the season. They had more points scored on them, like total. They were yeah. in the negative, um, but still were winning all these games.
2: Yeah, because they got boat raced like two or three times.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys beat the shit out of them. Somebody else did too. Let me yeah. see if I can find their. So, while
0: going to be ready. He's got the elbow injury, right?
1: Oh, Purdy. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't know if he's going to be ready or not.
0: I don't know. Like according the Giants. To, uh, yeah. Well, according to baseball expert Ethan Sexton, at some point Brock Purdy is going to turn back into a pumpkin. So <laughs> that's true.
1: That's true. Just shout out, Ethan. So
2: the Vikings won eleven games by one score or less last year. They went fourteen and thirteen, and the Packers beat them forty-one to seventeen at one point, and then the Cowboys forty to three. So I think it was definitely around the time that the Cowboys beat them, they had a a minus uh, differential.
0: That's and the Eagles
2: beat them twenty-four to seven as well.
1: So yeah. Like, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, if you, if San Francisco isn't the team, which I think they could be, but are, like, the top three or four teams in the NFC, the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants, and, and Niners thrown in there? Is that, like, what we're looking at? Because that's, that's pathetic. Probably. It's, it's the, uh, yeah, it's the NFC East.
2: The Seahawks maybe make a little bit of a yeah. jump this year, but, yeah. I mean, maybe last year was fake. Yeah, I don't know. Gino
0: ain't right back, so
2: <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> but I mean, the NFC South. What, I mean, what they, the Derek Carr with the Saints doesn't make them like a good yeah. team, right? You would think so. The Panthers, Someone's the win that
0: division though.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the Saints are the the favorite to win that division now with him, but like, I don't see them being a threat to the Eagles. I don't think so. Watch this. We're just out here pumping the Eagles up, and they're going to go, like, fucking eight and nine next year and miss the fucking playoffs.
0: Let's do that. Right. You never know. Look at the Rams this year. They went Say from, that again. I, I said, look at the Rams this year. They went from yeah. Super Bowl champs to they were awful.
2: Yeah. Is there a bounce? Do the Rams have a bounce back here? I mean, they can't be worse, can they? Is Stafford Stafford's hurt? Right? Is he still like is his? Is he still uncertain for the for the year? Have I haven't seen much.
0: He's starting to get old.
2: Yes, he's thirty five.
1: Yeah, it's really it's t- new- t- it's tough though. This is a yeah. I mean, the AFC is stacked, and the NFC is the Eagles. And I'll say yeah. this too, with the Eagles, like if you don't if you're not in the Super Bowl, like as an Eagle or an Eagles fan, like it has to be a disappointment this year. It has to be. Like it just the, the way they draft. There's really no the one team, to stop you.
0: Yeah. There's just there's no excuse. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl last year and it honestly it seems like their team's better. Yeah. With yeah. the players they've already I mean, as long as they pan out the way they're supposed to, be, like they're already better than they were last year.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see cuz like you guys said, the the AFC is loaded and then it's just can anyone challenge the Eagles? That, yeah. that that's what it breaks down to.
0: I don't think Green Bay ever would have actually done this, but the Niners should have sold out and got Rodgers. That's your A, that's your NFC representative. If Rodgers is on the Niners, yeah. Sure, you might have yep. to play the Eagles, but I think, that, dude, that Niners team is stacked. You put Rogers on there, that's that's a team that could easily win the whole thing. I
2: just think they had to do. They kind of came to the party a little late. It felt like, and there was a lot of moving parts from their end. They would like they had to get Lance Dell, and then had to free up some cap space, even though that shit's all fake. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I agree. That I mean. Yeah, you put Rodgers on the, that roster and our discussion is not who challenges Eagles, it's can
0: the Eagles hang with the 49ers, I think. Yeah. And it's it's just such an easier run through the playoffs. I mean the AFC is a gauntlet, dude.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets don't make the playoffs this year. That'd be crazy. It would be that crazy, would be. but it wouldn't it like it wouldn't be the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like The AFC East has the Bills, like who I think are still the favorites to win the division. They have the Dolphins and the Patriots in the division. And then there's the Chiefs in the West with the Chargers. I mean, the Raiders got Jimmy G now. You have to think the Broncos get better. Like, yeah, you can't imagine that's as bad of a year for them. And then the AFC North, you got the Bengals and the Ravens there. I mean, the AFC South's kind of a joke, but.
1: Yeah, that I mean, is a Jags.
2: tough ass, tough ass.
0: Yeah, the Jags aren't bad. Yeah, the Jags. I forgot
2: the Jags got hot, yeah. kind of at the end of the year. Yeah. So should be uh, yeah, should NFC be another fun NFL season, that's for sure. Yep. Well, gentlemen, uh, is there anything else? Anything we missed, MJ? Anything else we should touch on before we wrap this thing up, or any other thoughts you guys got?
1: Oh, I, I, think, I think it was a, a good draft, a, a fun one to watch and, and listen to. I was listening to Saturday stuff in the car and everything, and um, I thought it was great, and uh, I love the conversation, and I can't wait to do it again next year. Absolutely.
2: Oh, <clears throat> I, I didn't realize this. One last little draft note. It's been since 2010 when the draft went to Thursday. I didn't realize it was that long ago. I just was like, oh, it's been like five or six years. And, yeah, 2010 was the first time the draft went to Thursday.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, also, one last nugget. I also saw this. So, the draft always used to be in New York at Radio City Music Hall. The only reason the NFL started moving it around, uh, Radio City Music Hall was booked for the first year that they started to move it. And they asked them, the Radio City Music Hall asked the NFL to move the draft back a week. And they said, no thanks, we'll go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, and now I've been moving it around
2: ever since it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. The giver of information old walls. I try. I do what I can for you guys. <laughs> All right gentlemen, MJ Bill, appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely be talking more football with you guys as the uh, as the NFL season nears awesome thanks Walt. hey
0: shout out mcdonald's mm. they make a great unsweet tea
2: <laughs> best uh, <laughs> best fountain coke in the game too okay let's uh let's talk a little fight game shall we couple a couple of cards this weekend um might as well start over in boxing we got canelo alvarez and john Ryder coming up on the uh as uh, as someone in the, some uh, contributors to the pod, Big E Sexton says on uh, Canelo's typical uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend, threw that in there just for Big E as he uh, likes to harass me. Uh, yeah, Canelo, John Ryder, I don't see this as much of a fight. I think Canelo handles him unless less, uh, coming out of hand surgery, it hasn't been going well for him. Haven't seen anything like that. I don't see myself getting this pay-per-view. Uh it just doesn't feel like I should have to pay pay-per-view to watch Canelo fight John Ryder. This feels like one of those fights where he was fighting on just regular zone, Like, that's what it should be. That said, not a terrible card. Not great. But, I mean, Julio Cesar Martinez, he's a fun fighter. He's in the co-main. Uh, little guy, little flyweight. Alexander, Alexander Gavsik, the nail, they call him, last fought against Arturo Betarbiev a few years back. I think this is going to be... he. I take that back. He had one comeback fight back in February that he won against a Hoseway Obando. Uh, But, yeah, this will be uh, uh, kind of his first fight back on the main stage. He's on the the pay-per-view card. They're holding this fight in Guadalajara, Mexico. Canelo's first time back there in like 13 years or something. Estadio Akron. Gosh, I hope I'm saying that even remotely correct if I am. God bless me. Uh, 48,000, uh, seat soccer stadium. So it should be, I guess it's sold out. So it should be a good card. Um, or should be a, a good scene, not a good card. It's an okay card. Uh, but interesting nonetheless. So I, I like Canelo by mid, mid to late knockout, you know, somewhere post seven before, before the 12th, like seven to 11. I think he gets a stoppage, whether it's a TKO and he's just kind of worn him down or if it's a a clean knockout, uh, I just don't think John Ryder's on his level. And I, I, I think Canelo will just take some time to get back into it. He's a little bit of a slow starter just in general. So I think he, he kind of gets off to a little bit of a slow start, you know, had been super active, hasn't fought since September, which is kind of his normal route, May and September. Um, so I think again, Sprinkle, sprinkle if you would. I would sprinkle the like the seventh through eleventh for for stoppage, TKO, uh, knockout, something like that. I, I don't think it. I don't think it goes the distance. Let's just put it that way. Elsewhere, elsewhere, UFC 288 this weekend. Interesting card here. Interesting card here. algermaine Sterling defending his title against the returning Henry Cejudo, Triple C, the triple champ. He, he's back for the first time in almost three years to the day for Cejudo. Uh, Where'd that go? I thought I had his stuff up here. I had his stuff up, but yeah, Henry Cejudo coming back. He had retired as the champ after he beat Dominic Cruz, I believe. Let me double check all that. But yeah, he's uh, he's making a comeback. So this is interesting. Like there's very, there's a lot of intrigue in the fact that he's coming back to to make this fight and he's going right for the title. Uh yeah, May 9th of 2020, he defended the title the Bantamweight championship and then vacated it on May 24th of 2020. So, yeah, he's coming right back for for what was once his. Um Sterling obviously has uh been the champ for a while now, uh, 785 days. He beat uh he beat Peter Jan in that crazy kind of the knee was how he won it, but then he ended up beating him again uh to to kind of prove, you know, that he was he was the champ So um Alderman Sterling, little little note I found just kind of looking him up, uh, went to Morrisville State College in the hometown of one, my father, Craig. So very interesting. Ended up at Cortland. So these guys are both good wrestlers. Henry Cejudo obviously one of the C's is the Olympic gold medal he won. Uh, part of his, uh, you know, his Olympic background in wrestling, obviously, to win a gold medal makes you pretty good at it. So I would have to imagine both guys want to get to the ground. Maybe Sahudo a little bit more than, than Sterling. Sahudo's uh, Ce- wrestling background is a little better, obviously. Olympics is a little better than college wrestling, but I would have to think both of them want to get to the ground. So it'll be it'll be very interesting. I don't envision myself getting this fight either. Just looking forward, UFC 289 isn't really speaking to me too much. That's Amanda Nunez and Juliana Pena. That was a good fight, though, one of the last times I fought. Was that she the one who got the like the choke out that was like super crazy? UFC 290's Brandon Moreno. So, yeah, the, the UFC doesn't have many of the pay-per-views coming up that I think I'm going to jump on, but you never know. It, God only knows what's running through my mind is those... Uh, as those approach um, elsewhere on the card, we got Kron Gracie against Charles Jourdain. Maybe. I don't, know. I don't know. This is, Hey, this is my first time. This is the first time on video where I'm looking at all these names and mispronouncing them. So you can see the total and utter cluelessness in my face while I do it too. So uh, I'll run through my picks while I go. I'll take Kron Gracie. I'll take any dude named Gracie. And when we make picks here, uh, next up, if another featherweight bout: Mavsar Ivolov. I don't know. He fights Bryce Mitchell. I can re- I can announce that one. I'll take Thug Nasty in that fight. Uh, women's fight next in the middle of the card: Jessica Andrade and I don't know, why? I even looked down before, but then like when I get to him again, it's just like a whole other thing. Jan Gianan. I'm just going to take Jessica Andrade because I can pronounce that one. Uh Komein, welterweight fight. Very interesting here. Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is fighting for the second time in a month. He just fought Jorge Masvidal about a month ago. So that's wild. That's wild. I'll take Bilal Muhammad just because he's not coming off a fight one month ago. And in the main event, I'm going to take Sterling. I don't know. He's been active. Three years off. Sehudo's not a young dude. I think he's 36 now. Yeah, 36. Just turned 36 not too long ago. Like, I'll take I'll take Sterling in this. It's that's a long layoff at an older age. Um, I'll just take the guy who's been fighting. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sehudo beat him, not in the least bit, but I'm just gonna go with the guy who's who's been fighting. So that wraps up the fighting stuff. Let's uh let's just roll right into the golf while we're at it. Uh, Didn't watch much of this. Watched a touch of it on Thursday. Maybe th- some on Friday. Just threw some on. Um, watched none of it on the weekend. Not a bit. Not a bit. It didn't speak to me. The Mexico Open was not speaking to me. The field was not strong. But you got two strong players to come out of the top. Uh, Tony Finau. Wins 24 under for the weekend for Tony Finau. Uh, he was hot on his heels was one John Rahm who fired a Saturday 61. So he's playing some, some good golf still uh, Tony Finau. That is his sixth PGA tour win. Now um, after, you know, kind of in the 2021, it was like, Oh, he's only had one win. He hasn't only won five wins since 2021 Northern trust in 2021. 3M and the rocket mortgage last year, Houston open at the end of last year. So not that said, he's not winning like big Dick events. (laughs) Like he's winning uh, the Northern trust was, that was a playoff event, but I mean, the 3M, the rocket mortgage, I mean the rocket mortgage, he outlasted Patrick Cantlay and Cameron Young. Um, So those are, those are players, Taylor Pendrith. And then Mexico Open. he outruns John Rahm. Like he did like, it would have been pretty easy for him to follow John Rahm. Uh he sh- he he bested John Rahm on the day. He shot a five under. He was two shots clear around the start and he finished three shots clear. So that was a good a good showing. A little Sunday 66, not bad. 65 on Saturday. So 65, 66 on the weekend. Uh not much to complain about. Pair that with a, a sixty four on Friday and a sixty five on on Thursday. That's good playing, man. Uh, we're heading into the Wells Fargo this week. So we got an elevated event. So I'll be back and I'll be interested in that one. And then we're just two weeks away from the PGA up in Oak Hill. So we have the Wells Fargo this week. I forget what the, where was it? It's, uh, the Byron Nelson at next week, uh, TPC Craig ranch. I think they don't like, I think people don't in the golf commentating world. Don't, don't speak highly of that place, but yeah, then the PGA at Oak Hill, Uh, in a couple weeks. So yeah, big tone, big tone. Um, elsewhere in the golf world, some good karma out there in the golf world. Let me find the, find the thing here. Oh, goodness. Um, Alejandro. Totsy, uh, what was one of the six guys penalized for the wrongful use of a shuttle at last week's KFT event, Corn Ferry tour. I talked about that. Um, he got an invite. Into Vedanta. Is that what they're is that is that what he Vedanta? No, that was not this, I don't think. Let me double check. Again, it helps if you don't watch the golf. Oh yeah, it was this. He got he got into this event. And finished T ten. Alejandro Tatsy. Sunday sixty four. Good playing on Sunday. Saturday seventy one after he made the cut. Sixty seven on Thursday. Yeah, so, oh, jeez, shot 69 on fr- on Thursday with uh, the double on the eight 4, 5, 18th. Yeah, so he gets in, T10, 150 grand, and because of that, he's in the Quail Hollow. Golf gods, the golf gods giving some love. The golf gods are out there giving some love to Alejandro Tosti. Is that it? Tosti? Tosti. Tosti. Alejandro Tosti. I'm rooting for him. Hope he plays well. Hope he plays well. Uh, Elsewhere in the sports world, kind of moving on from the golf, we got the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Uh, I apologize. I didn't have anyone on to talk about it. We'll, we'll have somebody on to talk. It's one of the horse races this year. Um, Just looking at some names of, of you know, the contenders. Forte seems to be the favorite. He's five to two. Tepit Trice is next in line. Now, this was the name that was really speaking to me. When I looked at the list, Angel of Empire, he's eight to one. So not the favorite, but he's a favorite up there. Uh, a couple other names out there. I liked Lord Miles really, uh, really caught my eye. Rocket Can, Major Dude. Where was the one I really liked? Sun Thunder, really like Thun- Sun Thunder. Sun Thunder, Major Dude, Rocket Can, Lord Miles. And then, yeah, Angel of Empire. Parlay those. Parlay those. Or throw them in a box. Throw them in a, a, how many did I make? Like, seven? It's like a $120 box. Do that. Take them. Do it. Do it. Uh, What else is going on in sports world? We have the Stanley Cup playoffs. There was quite the event last night. The Bruins, the Bruins choked it away. I think I said last week, oh, they're up 3-1. They should be moving on. Not so much. Not so much. The the Bruins will not be moving on. They lose last night in overtime 4-3 and lose the series 4-3 after being up 3-1. Set a record for points and wins in the regular season. And I think it just goes to show that hockey is unlike maybe even even unlike the NBA and that the regular season can... The teams that win a lot just sometimes just get beat early in the playoffs. I don't know. I'm I'm just doing this off like my dumb memory. I feel like I hear about this every once in a while that there's just great teams that get knocked out of the playoffs very soon. And it just happens consistently. So, so yeah, the Bruins are out. What else we got here? So, we have one series left. The Devils uh, of Deep Dish fandom have... Have a game seven. I believe that is tonight. Yep. Game seven tonight. Devils and the Rangers in New Jersey. Be interesting to see how many Rangers fans there are in in that building. Um, They will face Carolina in the second round. Carolina took out the Islanders. The Maple Leafs take on the Florida Panthers who beat the Bruins. And then over in the West, the, the Kraken, they took out the other number one seed, the Colorado Avalanche or... I don't know if that's the other number one seed. They do it funky. There's like two ones in each side. Um, that was one of the ones. That was the wild card one beat the one.
0: I forget how it works. Let me see if I can pull up the records real quick. Okay, so they were actually had the third best record. Edmonton had the second. I don't know how they're splitting it up.
2: Um, But... Vegas and Edmonton move on, as well as the Kraken and the Dallas Stars. So the West is set, and the uh, the Rangers and the Devils figuring it out to see who who moves on in the East. But yeah, the big story is the Bruins. The Bruins choke job. That's that's the big story in in hockey, and that, even I know that
0: that's a big choke job.
2: Uh, NBA playoffs. I think we're all to the second round here as well. In the East, the the Miami Heat took down the Milwaukee Bucks in five games. Really put it to them. I know they had Giannis out for a couple. New York Knicks will play the Miami Heat in the second round. Heat and the Knicks are back. Heat and the Knicks. They they had no trouble with Cleveland. 4-1 getting through them. Uh, Sixers beat Brooklyn. I, Brooklyn is really not the team that qualified for the playoffs. They lost KD and, and things like that. So Boston gets by Atlanta. Atlanta gets through the scheduling. Uh, Janet Jackson has to move back a night, but they, they make it through. Then out West, uh, Denver and Phoenix have played a game already. Denver's up. Miami has also beat New York in the first game. I should mention that. And then I think the, the series that everybody's interested in, like, even myself, uh, like I'm going to tune into some of this. The LA Lakers, after they put a four, two beatdown on the, uh, on the Grizz after Dylan Brooks runs his mouth and then won't talk to the media. Uh, they move on to the face of Golden State Warriors, who got taken to seven games by the uh, the Sacramento Kings, who I think won their first road playoff game in something like fifteen or sixteen years when they when they beat uh Golden State in one of the games so Lakers golden state that uh, that seems like a fun series, and then the the series out west seemed pretty interesting and then kind of back in the east, you have like the old classics Philly and Boston, New York, and miami so i'm I'm actually a little. Excited or interested to watch NBA playoffs as interesting as that sounds. So, so yeah, that should be fun. Also, I uh, I started watching baseball a little bit yesterday. Um, listened to the Indians. Gosh, I, I can't believe I keep the Guardians game uh, again yesterday on Sunday. Watch the game Saturday, listen to the game Sunday earlier today. Um, so yeah. I might be back. I'm I'm testing out the uh their like MLB package that you can get, pretty affordable. So I might be back to watching some baseball and then following around the uh the Guardians. The G's, I'm gonna call them the G's, the Cleveland G's. They got the uh they got the Yankees tonight. So uh, I may be interested in that. The uh the G's, my G's, the uh the Cleveland Guardians, not not off to the greatest start in the world. They are thirteen and fourteen, I believe. I'm yeah, thirteen and fifteen now. Now they're three and a half games back of the Twins, but pretty rough division, the Central. It's gonna be them and the Twins. Twins are 17 and 12, and then the Tigers are 10 and 17. So uh, maybe uh maybe they can do something. But I think I'm gonna follow them. I think I'm gonna follow them. So Oh, dokie, let's uh, let's do some passing thoughts here. So to start off, I'm I'm just uh, making my lunch the other day and I throw on the TV and Bar Rescue is on like all day. Whatever channel it's on, it is on, I think, from, like, 8 a.m. to, like, 8 (laughs) p.m. And I'm just kind of, like, paying half attention. All of a sudden, I look at it and, like, I don't even remember the moment now. It was, like, somebody, like, was getting really happy and he was starting to cry and he was hugging, what is it, John Taffer is the guy's name. He's hugging John Taffer and then Taffer's, like, kind of, like, getting choked up. Next thing you know. I'm, like, getting choked up. I'm, like, holding back tears, sitting on my couch on, like, a Wednesday afternoon eating lunch. I'm, like, this goddamn guy with a bar that he's run into the ground, and now he's got a second chance. It got me. It got me. I'm, like, becoming a pussy in my old age. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, the dumbest things, like, choke me up and, like, make me, like, have, like, those, just like, one little tear. Here it comes. God, I'm such a pussy. Oh, God. Um here was something I found interesting and I don't I don't know that this is unprecedented it, this has probably happened numerous times before The DNC Democratic National Committee or whatever it is convention whatever I think it's committee has decided there's not going to be any debates for the Democratic primary this year Now usually you don't see people challenging sitting presidents I don't think that's too common I know it has happened in the past I know it happened to uh, Gerald Ford back in 76. I think I think Reagan uh, challenged him in the primary. Um, Jimmy Carter might have got challenged in the 80 primary as well. Like, so it's happened, but it's not super common. I don't think it's happened in my memory of like, I don't think it's happened in the like the last 20 years. I don't think Bush got primaried. Obama sure didn't. Uh, Trump didn't. So. Uh, this is this is kind of a, a newer thing again now the dnc has decided there's no debates and the two people in the primary are um is it ed Ken- ted kennedy jr robert robert kennedy jr he's rfk's son his uncle was john kennedy his father was robert kennedy rfk who both of whom were were assassinated and mariana william williamson is it williamson um either way the the dnc has decided there's not going to be any debates i mean it, probably pretty obvious why joe biden's not of the greatest uh mind uh not of the soundest mind that's for sure um but i think it's probably a bad precedent it's bad enough that we only have two parties in this country that we can like get presidential and senate and majority of senate and congress candidates from to like shut off the fact that they even have to like pay attention to their challengers because this is this basically shuts their challengers out of getting you know main main airtime on like the corporate news and you know the mainstream media whatever you want to call it so it's not great and the problem is the republicans will see it and be like well if we ever have the situation we can kind of shut it down too i mean i think the answer is we need way more political parties if you have like three or four political parties you don't just have to get stuck choosing one or the other because they both suck like they're terrible and I just, you don't want dudes like in the back rooms in the suits being like, well, we're just, just going to let Joe Biden run. Again. We, don't need to, we don't need to hear from the other side. So anytime that happens, it's bad news. And the Republicans would do the same thing if they felt like, like if it was Joe Biden was a Republican and the exact same thing that was happening, they would do the exact same fucking thing. So it's just not good. It's just not good. I mean, it's not great that our, probably our two fucking choices for president again are going to be Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Hopefully, come November of 2024, that's not the case. But we are careening towards that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, dumb. it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. You know what's not dumb, though? The fucking Tiger Woods video games. I busted those sons of bitches out for PlayStation 2, and I got the one. I've been playing a little 07, and I it through 05 in. This game, right here, this game is awesome. The Tiger Woods video games from back in the day are fucking so sweet. I've had so much fun playing uh It turns out I was a big fan of the Taylor May Rosa putters at the time. I think I had one, and all my dudes are apparently sponsored by Taylor May Rosa because they've all wear the Rosa hat and had Rosa putters in the bag so yeah the those games are great though uh I I hope the, the new EA game is any good. I I don't think I have the system. I think I have to have the new Xbox system, which I don't have to play it, or the new PlayStation. Don't have that either. So I went back to PlayStation 2 and started busting them out in that era. <clears throat> Speaking of older things from, the, uh, from an era gone by, the song 1985 by Bowling for Soup came out in the year 2004. So in the year 2004, 1985 was 19 years before.
0: We are now in the year 2003. 19 years after 2004.
2: So if they were to make the song today, it would have to be about the year they released it. It hurts me. It hurts me inside to hear these things about my childhood, which is farther and farther away at every every imaginable stop. Watched as we continue the way back machine. I watched Half Baked on Saturday night with the roommate. My God, is that movie so dumb but so funny? Uh Dave Chappelle, Jim Brewers in it. Who's the other two guys? Let me let me look it up here. It was so stupid but so funny still. Um and then I saw like looking it up that like, oh, the the critics hated it. It's like, no shit, the critics hated it. Like they don't like anything fun. Guillermo Diaz played Scarface and Harlan Williams played Kenny Davis. Uh, Tommy Chong was in it. And Mary Jane, who is uh, Dave Chappelle's love interest, is uh, played by Rachel True. Uh, used to saw this movie when I was a kid, thought it was the funniest thing ever. Still holds up, um, still pretty funny. And it's, I don't know. It was just dumb shit that made me laugh. And I saw like, oh, the critics hate it. It's like, what did these critics expect when they went and watched Half Baked? It's a movie about a bunch of stoners who sell weed to get their buddy out of jail. Sorry, spoiler alerts. The movie's like fucking 25 years old. If you haven't seen it by now, that's not really my fault. We're just going to keep it rolling on the Wayback Machine. uh th- 23 years ago today, April 30th. When I'm recording this backlash 2000 backlash 2000, the rock defeats triple H to win the WWF title with a big assist from a returning stone cold who comes in, lays everybody out with steel chairs and just leaves. My God, it was the first, I think the first wrestling event I ever, I don't maybe seen something before, but it was like the big one. Uh, Kevin, who we owe the biggest thing of gratitude to, to, to this, as I've said, With the video, Uh, his brother had taped it on pay-per-view. And I think we watched it within the next couple days. And I was, I became hooked on wrestling ever ever since. And still love wrestling to this day. And and that was the genesis of it. Backlash 2000, the main event, The Rock versus Triple H. Uh, Shane McMahon was the guest referee. Vince was hovering around at ringside. Patterson and Briscoe show up in ref's jerseys and start beating the shit out of it. Everything was stacked against The Rock. Well, there comes Stone Cold. The music hits. The glass shatters. Stone Cold comes out with a chair and just starts laying it into people. My favorite part: Stone Cold hits Triple H with a chair, and then Pat Patterson comes in. Stone Cold gets him, hits a spin move right into Briscoe, and Jr. on the call is fantastic. It's Patterson Briscoe. It was. It's the best. It's the. It's my favorite wrestling match ever. I, I know it's pure nostalgia, but whatever. And, and other things that make you feel old. Shane McMahon is now 53 years old, which is the same age Vince was in 1998 at the start of the Stone Cold feud. So, so there you have it. Uh, A couple other things here. Uh, First off, Like a Prayer by Madonna is an absolute fucking jam. Just banger. Absolute banger. Also. Saw this over the past week as well. Where did it, go <clears throat> In 2018, after Patrick Reed won the won the Masters, he bought himself a 450 thousand dollar Porsche 911 G2 RS. Had a Masters theme paint job, like a a green and it had yellow calipers, whatever that means. It ended up on a salvage website with just 360 miles on it. I guess the VIN matched, and it looked just like it. And it was pretty messed up. So very interesting. Did Pat Reed crash his car? Like, what went on? That was reported by Joe Pompliano. He's got a good follow. He's a good follow on, like, Instagram and Twitter. He he posts, like, some interesting things. I think he's who I got uh the the little the little nugget about um the the draft moving. I'm like 99% sure. He did a cool thing on um Wrexham and uh I I'm looking at him right now and I can't see it. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds and the guy from Always Sunny how they bought it. I'm I'm interested in that. I want to watch that docu series now. Um, but yeah, he's a good follow. So yeah. Pat Reed maybe totaled his, his Porsche 911. I haven't seen anything more about it, but it's out there. It's out there. Let's, uh, that's, that's all I had, though. So let's go wrap this thing up. We're just going to keep it rolling. We're going to do it in one video. I'm not cutting. So closing time, everybody. Um, a big thank you to all you guys. Thanks for coming along watching. Had a good, uh, good first week on YouTube. So appreciate all you guys. Um, so thank you so much for the support. Again, huge thanks to Kevin. Uh, that, that intro is sweet. The, the editing, the, the stuff he's done, he's the man. He's just doing it because he's a good friend. So, uh, thank you so much, Kevin. You're the man. Uh, back next week, got the Kentucky Derby, Wells Fargo, uh, hockey, NBA and NHL playoffs are going to keep going. Um, I'll find some other dumb shit to talk about. So, uh, and, until then,
0: uh, peace. Oh uh-huh. uh-huh. uh-huh.